I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Dakshashila Institution. We're a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring a fresh perspective to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of All Things Policy, where we discuss policy issues of relevance. My name is Priya Linciardi Almeida, and I work as a research analyst at the Takshashila Institution. Now, Takshashila Institution, as you know, is a non-partisan independent think tank. And uh, we have multiple courses, short term and long term that are tailor made specifically for you. If you need any information about any about of our courses, you can please log into school.takshashila.org.in and you will get all the information there. So today, specifically at this episode, we are going to be talking about something called as the Chip 4 Alliance. Um, and to discuss this with me, I have my colleague Arjun, who is also a research analyst at Takshashila. Hi, Arjun. It's good to have you back. Hi, Priya. Good to be back. Yes, great. So now, Arjun, let's just get into the topic at hand, right? Can you tell the listeners what exactly is the Chip 4 Alliance? Can you give us like a brief overview about it? Yeah, sure. I mean, Chip 4 Alliance is basically another sort of semiconductor alliance which is being proposed. This is Hmm. actually initiated by the United States and with it, outreach program in Asia. So they wanted to get together Asian semiconductor powers and right. build an alliance together with them. So, okay. I mean, we are, we've all heard about how in East Asia during the 1960s, 1970s, these guys became economic powerhouses in basically because of their policies related to trade, investment, and one of the areas where these guys eventually made it big with the semiconductor industry. And so the U.S. wants to tap into that and build uh, or basically foster an alliance between itself and three of the Asian countries, which is basically Taiwan, South Korea and Japan. Hence the name Chip 4. Okay. So one, I think a follow-up question that I wanted to ask you is, why is there so much focus on this, on the Chip 4 alliance? Quite recently, because as a person who does not come, who does not know too much about technology or anything about that part of the world, I I heard about it only recently. So why is there so much focus currently around it? Yeah, I mean, it's basically because of the fact that the US President Joe Biden recently added a signature to the Chips and Science Act 2022, basically enacting legislation on emerging technologies, especially semiconductors. Apart from focusing on building the U.S.'s domestic semiconductor manufacturing capabilities, the legislation Mm -hmm. also makes a note of the the U.S. cooperating with certain like-minded allies to build a robust supply chain. Now, that is when it kind of created this whole clutter. I mean, we have seen this in terms of the Quad, in terms of other other multilateral alliances also but it was also enhanced by the fact that Nancy Pelosi just landed in Taiwan around three weeks back and she had right. this whole interview or sorry she had this whole meeting closed door meeting with Mark Liu who is the chairman of 
TSMC, Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, which is the world's biggest manufacturing company. So in terms of that, when Pelosi actually met uh, Mark Liu in Taiwan, it set off some news reports that this was kicking off the so-called Chip for Alliance and the US was actually reaching out to Taiwan and similarly would reach out to South Korea and Japan and would propose a partnership right. basically to work together while strengthening the semiconductor supply chain and ensure that there is a, a supply chain independent of China. So basically both Biden's kind of, not just Biden, the United States government's passing of the Chips and Science Act 2022 along with finally President Biden giving the go-ahead, as well as Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan has again, you know, just basically started this whole uh, news reports of Chip4 being the, I mean, being one of the uh, major things to come out of these uh, meetings. Right, right. So now another follow-up question that I had was that you told me that the reason why it is called Chip 4 is because there are four countries involved, right? Now, the question I think mm-hmm. related to that was why exactly is it between these four countries? Like what is the importance of that? Yeah, so it's basically a time to combine the comparative advantages of the four countries, I guess. Right. I, it was in early March when a report in the South China Morning Post actually first mentioned that the U.S. government had proposed of setting up this industry alliance with its Asian partners. Right. And that was uh, as a response to keep China growing clout in the industry. at But the rationale behind pushing this possible grouping itself was basically because of what each country had to has to offer. So uh-huh. if, we ca- if we closely look at the splits, in the different states or different countries' contributions to the supply chain, there are clear winners. And in terms of uh, the designing powerhouse and holding all the EDA2 licenses, the US basically controls all the fabulous market right. along with its private firms. You know, like NVIDIA, Intel, AMD, Qualcomm, right. and whatnot. So, and also has the most number of semiconductor fabrication facilities in the world. But right. however, Taiwan is the global epicenter of semiconductor manufacturing with right. over 60% of the world's chips being manufactured by the country's giants, which is TSMC and UMC. It right. also remains a hub for feed processes, basically assembly testing, marking and packaging. And mm-hmm. also has like big firms like Foxconn and Winston in it. Uh, right. South Korea, you know, like it has the semiconductor behemoth in terms of Samsung, which has right. both design and manufacturing capability. And uh, they're involved in major research in, of course, we know how Samsung is. So that's one. And finally, right. Japan remains very integral to the functioning of the supply chain with the dominance over the development of critical manufacturing equipment and materials. So whatever equipment and some of the materials which are being used while manufacturing chip are done by Japan. So right. for the process itself, you need that. So if you, I mean, that's the, that's the basic concept of why this might work out in terms of the fact that the market share itself and the fact that it covers uh, the whole 
supply chain from starting right. from like acquisition of raw raw materials to design to manufacturing to packaging and like outsourced assembly so right in terms of that it just covers all areas of the value chain hmm. i mean there are other dependencies and bottlenecks itself for which right. i mean we can get into at some other point of time but the these four countries itself can run the entire semiconductor production more right. efficiently in case so that is basically the the reason why it's these four countries per se so right. um, yeah i mean that's the gist of it okay okay so arjun i i still have few more questions to ask regarding this but before we move on let's take a short break and we will be right back Hello and welcome back to this podcast. Here we were discussing about the Chip4 Alliance and this previously Arjun told us about what exactly it means and why this current focus on this Chip4 ha- Alliance has been taken a front seat and also like specifically why these four countries are sort of very important in this alliance and why this alliance consists of these four countries itself so uh, arjun my another question that i wanted to ask you was that i also understand from my very surface level reading is that south korea is sort of on the fence regarding this so could you tell us more about why there is so what is the reason behind south korea's conundrum uh, for chip4 Yeah sure I mean ever since chip, the chip 4 was rumored to be in the works there was mm-hmm. this kind of unpredictability regarding South Korea's participation in the alliance uh, the South mm-hmm. Korean government and its private sector was act, uh, were believed to be kind of wary of the implications and potential restriction that might be imposed okay. upon them by China which would obviously consider this alliance as anti China So right. one of the biggest reasons is because China remains the biggest market for South Korean semiconductor companies. So mm. according to data from the Korea International Trade Association, mainland China and Hong Kong account for over 60% of Seoul's uh, semiconductor exports. And right. South Korea is a global leader in memory chip production which has a total market value of around 70 billion dollars and China right. be- remains its biggest importer accounting for over 48% of South Korea's memory chip exports so mm-hmm. it gives basically the private sector and the country a lot of money and brings in a lot of money and contributes to the economy a lot right. one of the other reasons was the fact that when the South Korean government the last time the South Korean government decided to kind of ally with the United States Blessedly against China's wishes, this was when they were they agreed to deploy U.S. anti-missile systems in 2016. Mm. Beijing kind of imposed harsh embargoes on Korean goods and services in retaliation. Right. This kind of crippled South Korean businesses dependent on exports. Uh, so the the officials and business leaders are like they fear a repeat of that experience itself. You know, it, it these are the two main reasons. Right. But it will also be difficult for China to kind of, you know, impose harsh, harsh restrictions. It's just the fact that that it's hard for China also to fully weaponize 
South Korea's semiconductor exports itself. Right. It, because US sanctions and export controls on China since 2020 have put a, put a hold on the Chinese firm's ability to kind of access semiconductor raw materials and equipment. This right. has made the biggest se- Chinese semiconductor firms depend on China's, I mean, sorry, on South Korea's best firms like Samsung and SK Hein. Hynix right. for kind of importing semiconductor technology itself. So a harsh retaliatory actions by sh- by China against South Korean semiconductor companies could also hamper their own firm's growth trajectory, considering that they already have a lot of restrictions which are imposed upon them. So, I mean, that's basically it in terms of the fact that both China and South Korea are dependent on each other. Mm. And their reactions either way can hamper each other's growth. Mm-hmm. So we have to see how yeah. that goes. But in in terms of the fact of the ship for alliance itself, president mm. the president of South Korea recently announced that that they would be a part of the preliminary meeting for the potential alliance. But okay. if if in this meeting that they decide that you know all four countries have to snap ties with Beijing in the semiconductor domain. I don't know how, I don't know if South Korea would actually agree to that, considering that enormous amount of investment they've already made in the country. Yeah, right. That's actually very interesting because, I mean, if you look, if uh, people have heard our previous podcast, we will, every time Arjun and I get on our, you know, ADP episode, we generally talk about the semiconductors itself. And most of the time, like, uh, we've, we've known that, you know, China plays a very important role in the semiconductor industry. And also, you know, uh, like you said, Arjun, China remains the biggest market for South Korean semiconductor companies. So it's kind of evident that China does have a role to play, even if it is excluded from the Chip4 Alliance, right? So can you tell the listeners, how does China play a very important role in this? Yes, sure. Like, I mean, China is the central or like the the role occupied by China itself is very, it, it remains central to the formation of the Chip4 Alliance itself. And right. the fact that it, it is the biggest semiconductor market for any mm-hmm. export driven economy. So that would be a major hurdle for this partnership because right. even though the Chip4 Alliance holds the possibility of excluding China from the supply chain itself, the which basically the supply chain consists of end-to-end manufacturing of the chip, but China remains a massive electronics goods market for all the right. Alliance members. And that's a major drawback. So as per government data, like China accounted for 70% of the global demand for laptops and over 80% of the global demand for mobile handsets. So <laughs> last year, like right. China imported $350 billion worth of semiconductors with the US and South Korea being one of its major suppliers. So right. as a major consumer of electronic goods itself, the exclusion of China from the export market will also significantly hurt the finances and profits of US firms also. Right. Now one of the one of the other reasons of where South Korea also comes here is the fact that as I said, they've invested billions of dollars in China. 
So what happens is Samsung has key memory chip producing facilities in two Chinese cities and SK Hynix, which is its other major semiconductor firm, it's built its DRAM and NAND uh, memory chip facilities in two more Chinese cities. Basically, their manufacturing happens in China itself, after which the finished goods are then exported back again. So right. South Korea might actually uh, hear, at least the private sector might hear of heavy retaliatory action against their own manufacturing facilities in mainland China if the Chip4 Alliance kind of becomes very, very China-centric. And that would major, majorly uh, give them major losses because they rely right. on exports to China. Now, this is one of the reasons that it's very hard to completely eliminate or underestimate the role of China in the entire industry. Right. As far as the alliance remaining anti-China is concerned, it would be extremely difficult for all stakeholders. This can be the governments of the four countries and private sector in all the four countries to get on board because I get it. It's in the hope of building semiconductor supply resilience, but you can actually, I mean, and it can actually ensure some level of strengthening in specific areas of the supply chain. But eventually, private companies are going to rely on consumers our end consumers or their markets itself. And China remains mm. one of the biggest consumers in that way. Right. So in, in terms of that, that is where China plays such a key role in the entire saga of this. So it's just, you know, it's hard to exclude them, but you can still exclude them in terms of, you can exclude them in terms of manufacturing, but you can't mm. exclude them in terms of finished products. So yeah. there is that kind of mismatch wherein you 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 decide to ally with anyone and everyone who can mm. who will be on, who who will be on the opposite uh, end of China regarding economic conductors, but in the end you have to rely on the Chinese to buy your finished products, which is right, which is the irony of it. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's where we're at right now. Right. Um, wow, this was actually very interesting because, you know, I think every single time you come on the podcast, it's so much nicer to hear so many new things that keep happening in the semiconductor industry, in the semiconductor space. So thank you, Arjun. Thank you for joining me today and giving us a brief overview about what Chip4 Alliance is and everything that, you know, surrounds it. <laughs> sure, sure. No problem. Happy to do this again. Well, each yeah. and every time something new comes up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Each and every time, which is pretty much every week, right? Or every few days. So this is mm-hmm. this was fun to do. And I hope our listeners also had some fun listening to our conversation and got some new information with this. So yeah, I hope you had fun. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you liked our show, Don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And hey, 
If you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at takshashilainst or our website takshashila.org.in. Thank you.